0: What's up, everybody? It's Joe Lapuma. You are listening to the Complex Sneakers Podcast. As always, I have my two guys with me, Mister Matt Welty.
2: Just a lovely weekday here in Jersey
0: City, and of course, you know who he is, Mister Brendan Dunn. How Hello. are you, buddy? Oh, okay. Hello. All right. He coming in hot. <laughs> okay, he's coming in hot. The big game. He, he had the he had the the pizza for the big game, and That's it's right. okay. You have the big you know game I hangover did. a little with the pizza.
3: one. That- <laughs> That was the worst Super Bowl. It was I'm rough. so mad I invested the time into it. It was rough.
0: It was rough. It wasn't close. You thought maybe Mahomes, this isn't the complex sports podcast, but let me give you some I can. Some, I can hang some with some you analysis. Guys. Go ahead. Yeah, let's, yeah, get, let's, let's, talk let's get some analysis, analysis <laughs> on the big game. You know, I thought Mahomes, maybe halftime he comes out in the third quarter, and I thought maybe it would be a little closer. It was not close at all. That defense, shout out to JPP, New York Giants.
3: <laughs> is that the guy with the messed up finger?
0: Well, he
2: has only a few fingers, but yeah.
3: There we go.
0: Yes, and that defense, it wasn't close. It wasn't close, but I hope you guys had some good food. I had some wings over Farmingdale, a classic boneless wing spot that at UConn, it used to be wings over stores. You mean boneless
3: wings like that? Yeah,
0: wings over stores. They're not tenders, and they're not traditional wings. We we go to Long Island one day. You guys got to have them. And then I had, a, like I said on the previous podcast, I had a nice pas spread. I, I'm going to show you guys the picture after we get off this. So,
3: Joe, I almost, uh, I don't want to call you out here, but I, I almost feel like boneless wings at a Super Bowl party is a faux pas. No. Well, let's
2: be be—let's be real though. Not even at a Super Bowl party, boneless wings are for children. <laughs> I eat both though. I eat both. It's just sometimes, the wings. Boneless, this... boneless wings are for, ch- for a child. For, we have for a it's more okay.
0: To be fair, it's more like a stickies type of wing. It's almost like a tender. I can get
3: down with stickies.
0: Okay, it's almost like a tender, but it's a tender. Don't knock, don't knock it until you try it. Have I ever steered you guys wrong when it comes to food? I'm telling you guys,
3: <sighs> has
2: he wealthy? No, wealthy. Have I? I don't know. We need a. We need maybe there's some sort of situation <laughs> where he has, but
3: off the top of my head, no. But like, okay, so I, then I'm trying to jog my memory and think. No, I never
2: steered you guys wrong. So I was with. uh... You know, a handful of guys watching it and a friend of a friend of ours that was over. He thought after it,
3: we're not going to say his name right because we say his name too much on here. So we don't need to say his name this time. It's not him.
2: Not him. Just 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 a different person that I'm, doesn't need to be named after. I think the second the first quarter when the Chiefs were losing, he was like, oh, I think the Chiefs are going to come back. I'm going to put a thousand dollars on no. the Chiefs through because in the middle of the game. Because we're in New Jersey, and they yeah. have like there's legal gambling in New Jersey. but we were so we're so close to New York that the app didn't recognize that he was in New Jersey. It thought he was still in New York. <laughs> So thank the God. bet, so the bet didn't go through, or he would have lost a thousand bucks.
0: Well, listen, that's good because he should have took that thousand, looked to his left, and just got a pair of two thousand four Air Force Ones from a friend. We don't have to mention because he gets <laughs> mentioned every time. But okay, so that's good. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't lose a thousand dollars. That's good.
3: Yeah, I got to say thank you to my friends in Jersey who always set up the bets for me. Anytime I need to bet on a sporting event, I will text. A friend of ours out in Jersey to put the money on it for me. You bet, done. You bet. <laughs> ask Ask Adam Caparel of the Complex Sports Podcast. I've laid some money here and there. I got a pretty good track record.
0: Look at you! You go to Jersey one time and you win the <laughs> raffle with who? Dracula. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you're a betting man. Who uh, knew?
3: This the uh, you know a li- a little bit here and there. A man's got to have a couple of vices. Let's get. Early to sneaker news, we're
0: recording this on Tuesday, February 9th, seven years from what release? A big release. Mm-hmm. Does anyone have the release that is seven years to the day?
2: We'll say I, it.
3: So, <laughs> I'm waiting for <laughs> never came close.
0: It's the Red October, the Yeezy Two, Kanye Red October. I never came close either. It's where does where does the Yeezy two Red October's rank in the Pantheon of Yeezy twos? Still think the uh, black and pink, best colorway? Can we agree on that?
3: I, you know what? I don't like it. I mean, obviously, it's a gigantic moment. and was so cool because of how it released after Kanye had kind of parted ways with Nike. And it released out of nowhere on Nike Store via a random tweet that Sunday seven years ago. But I never really loved the sneaker like that. It's just not that interesting. I mean, it, it was it was interesting to see the wave of sneakers that came afterward. How yeah. every brand was doing all red sneakers for 18 months yeah. In, in the period right after. But I, I don't love the Red October easy, too.
2: I think especially, like, us working in it at the time. And there's just the amount of news stories that you had to, like, relive the history and rewrite about the Red October. Every single time you mention the shoes and you just get, like, so sick of it. By the time mm-hmm. the shoe f- finally dropped. Because that shoe dropped um, that, that weekend. It was the same weekend that the Diamond.
1: We yes. talked about it on the podcast. Yes. same
2: weekend that the Diamond highs dropped. And it was that Sunday uh afternoon i think i just got out of the shower and all of a sudden you're just like hey the shoes dropped and while they do hold a big place in the pantheon i think it's just such an obvious hype shoe where it's like the grail for so many people that it's just kind of boring to some degree
0: and the first glimpse was kim kardashian on snl backstage
3: right that sounds yeah. right. I remember I saw them live because I saw Kanye at Governor's Ball. So the shoes came out 2014. I think I saw him at Governor's Ball in June 2013. And I remember seeing seeing the Yeezys on his feet there, seeing them on stage. And that being another one of the events where there were first clear photos of the Red October Yeezys on his feet.
2: Is that when he had like that big wacky jacket on? Or I think...
3: Um, he was wearing a lot of wacky jackets at that point, but I'm not I'm not sure the exact jacket you refer to here. I think it was like a Hater Ackerman or something
2: to to that degree. But okay. way. Mm.
0: we'll check Getty. We could check Getty after the. Podcast. I, couldn't,
3: I couldn't see the jacket details from from my distance in the crowd at Governor's Ball. I got a lot of bad memories of Governor's Ball, but that was a good one.
0: Okay, well, that's for another another day, another discussion. I'd like to, <laughs>
3: unless you want like to hop into it here. Oh, I'd like to hear
0: more about that. Bad memories. I'm not
3: a festival guy. I don't either. Me either. No
0: way. No way.
2: I feel like I've been offered that by PR people multiple times, and it's like the logistics of actually getting out to to Governors Island and going to see that just doesn't seem fun. So. Yeah, festival's not not my thing, really.
0: You're, you're in the grass for hours and hours. I, I'm just, you guys know me. I got to move on. But you'll,
3: you'll be in a tent, uh, an air-conditioned air, air conditioned tent somewhere, right, Joe? If Joe LaPuma goes to Coachella, like, what band? Are you getting the artist band on your wrist, Joe?
0: I don't know. I don't know. Well, it depends who
3: the headliner is, you know? <laughs>
0: what else we got? Sneaker news. What else is going on this week? you guys shooting this week or what?
3: Oh yeah, We're shooting every single week. We did just launch an episode with your friend Andy Milonakis. With your friend?
0: Oh yes, we <laughs> did. You did. Yes, this week the Sal Volcano episode. Such a great episode.
3: Yes, I we we had we had we had a great time with them. And you know it's funny because sometimes we all interview so many people mm-hmm. over and over again, mm-hmm. and we've we've seen Sal on Joe's show, and it's like. Sometimes you, you don't know how many sneaker stories people have in them, but then you, you find all these other threads and you pull at these things and you get these amazing anecdotes and just have fun talking to people about sneakers and figuring out the way they connect to footwear. And I'm so happy we had Sal Vulcano on full-size run so we could do that with him.
0: Amazing. I feel like Sal Vulcano, he comes on our shows and immediately lifelong complex soul collector friend. That's just the type of dude he is. We salute him. Go, go watch that right now. Very, very excited about that episode.
2: And there, there was also, like, a million people in the Twitter DMs saying, how come you're not
3: talking about my opinion on the Trophy Room 1s? <laughs> oh,
0: I saw that.
3: I saw this that. Is, okay, we, you know, we'll talk about that here and there, but it's so funny because people get upset when you don't use your platform to express their opinion. And also, I would just remind people that our editorial schedule is not determined by the whims of Sneaker Twitter. We, will, we, we cover all these relevant things. We will get there when we have the right things to say.
2: And also, I just want to put this out there. I know I wrote a story about bots. But if your whole Twitter timeline is <laughs> AIO bots and cook groups and you're getting mad about me for not talking about the trophy room ones that you wanted to bot, just save your opinion to yourself. I really okay. don't care <laughs> what you have to say. I'm sorry. Th- I don't.
3: Threw a little spice on there this week. Why not? Why not? Oh, my goodness. The trophy rooms, they're they're finally coming out, though.
0: They finally came out this week.
3: Yeah, I don't know if it's going to have gone de- – well, we'll say. about that. Oof, spicy this week. I got to say I need a little bit more spice in my life. Guys, my cooking routine is getting incredibly stale. And also also when it when it's snowy outside, I, I have another excuse to not – you thought this was going to be another sponsored ad. Is this <laughs> an ad read? This is not a bit. Okay. I'm talking about my real fucking life and, go ahead, go ahead. and how I eat the same thing for dinner every single night. Wealthy knows because we have a little bit in the Soul Collector Slack where we always ask at yes. around 5.41 p.m. Yes. what's for dinner and mm-hmm. – Inevitably, it's the same response for me every single time: the spaghetti with the fake, with the vegan sausage, and I'm I'm getting burnt out, guys.
0: You make the spaghetti. You make the spaghetti al dente, though.
3: <laughs> should I be? No,
0: listen, no, we didn't. he definitely I does Yes, it. you should be. You okay. should be. Okay. Okay. E- fake sausage, one thing. Make the pasta al dente, though, at least. Okay. That's
3: that's the authentic way to do it.
0: Yes, we were in the Slack last night, and the dinner options were going back and forth, and I played the cut. I didn't say anything because I had a chicken burrito. Okay. It didn't fill me up. And then at 9.30, I was going to put it in the Slack this morning. I power moved it. 9.30 p.m., I had a chopped cheese from the bodega <laughs> down the street. And I, I almost – it was right in the middle of us talking about the bapes. I was like waiting in line for the chopped cheese talking mm-hmm. about the vape mm-hmm. discussion that we had in the Slack last night. So I almost chimed in and, and said I'm waiting in line for a chopped cheese. But – it was it was a power move. You
3: know, that was a fun bit of nostalgia we were talking about in the Slack channel. Yes. Sorry to everybody who wasn't privy to those conversations, but we'll share some of those details in here. But you know, just thinking back about all the the glory days of the bathing a babes. Uh, and I, I got stuck. You probably saw me tweet about it on Wayback Machine, looking at, at old prices for SBS and babes, trying to just remember because I have such vivid memories of being on FlightClubNY.com, you know, 10, 14, 15 years ago. And and looking at certain pairs and thinking, my God, how can how could anyone ever have four hundred dollars to pay, spend on a pair of shoes? You know.
2: Also, crazy semi-related: did you guys read any bit of the New York Times article on Cause? Oh no. yeah, I keep I keep going back
3: and forth on it today.
2: Yeah. What was crazy about it, Wealthy? Uh, there was just like some art critics who like shit on Cause and basically said that like, if you if you enjoy Cause, it's like you think like. Keeping up with the Kardashians is like
3: quality TV, and I'm just like, oh, God. Jersey's own. Yeah. Well, how many Cos pieces you got in the crib, wealthy? Um,
2: I think the only Cos thing I ever owned was a original fake. No, sorry, two things. Original fake uh, New Era hat and had one of like the Uniqlo T-shirts.
0: Does the Complex um, Clips cover count? Do you own that? <laughs> What's that? Remember Cos did the Complex Clips cover? Push T? Oh,
2: clips, clips. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't have that, but did get to interview. That, that Cause. cover mentioned
3: is mentioned in in the New York Times piece. Sorry, Welty.
2: Is it? Yeah. Of oh, course. awesome! I gotta read that right after this. Got to interview Cause at one of his Uniqlo releases. Sat down with him for like a half an hour.
3: Very interesting person. I will never forget the Cause Jordan Four release at the Brooklyn Museum. Yeah. Wow, this is good. This I is good. I was there. I was the there. Cause Go ahead. Jordan Four release at the Brooklyn Museum. Former complex editor-in-chief Noah Callahan Bever was interviewing Cause mm-hmm. for the release. Mm-hmm. And it was a cold, rainy night. I want to say it was March or something like that. And we were in the quote unquote media line. I think I was with I think I was with former soul collector EIC slash GM Gerald Flores. I think BJ Betts was right next to us. Okay. And we were in the media slash press line waiting for about three hours. There was a line on the back side of the museum. I know Joe didn't wait in either of these lines. There was, a, there was a line on the back side of the museum for people who were just trying to buy the shoes like on the retail raffle or whatever system they had going on there. But, but we in the front still had to wait and still had to kind of push through the doors to even mm-hmm. get in and then wait in another line once we got in. I remember when I finally got to buy the shoes after like three hours of waiting in line that, that, that you had a wristband you, mm-hmm. you would wear. And they didn't cut my wristband off. And they cut your wristband off when you buy it at the POS system inside the Brooklyn Museum so that you can't go back around. And I was talking to some friends of ours in the sneaker industry, the Rodriguez bros, all in the building, despite Mm -hmm. some of them working for Adidas and Puma at the time. And they were encouraging me to just loop right back around in the line and go buy a second pair. And I always think about whether or not I missed a second pair of Cause Jordan 4s that night. Because I think it would have been easy because the wristband was still on my wrist.
0: You know what's funny about that? I had a pair. I think Jordan sent them. Thank you. Appreciate everything. <laughs> pre- is, this is the difference it. between
3: us. Me waiting in the cold, in the rain for three hours. <laughs> to your point,
0: though, what I would say is, and I didn't know that, I mean, cause is cause, but I didn't know that it would be that big of a release. Those mm-hmm. shoes aged in value a lot. Not the black ones, per se. I like the, the black ones better. I like the black ones, too. That,
2: that black one release was, like, so much fuck shit, because that was, like, Right around the time when like Jordan had like cooled off a little bit and they were looking to build up a little bit of momentum with the company again. Mm-hmm. And then they they dropped the cause, but they made people believe that it was a friends and family only release by like seeding it super early. And like I got them for complex con. To so wear on stage, yeah. they were, everyone thought it was friends and family only. It's a classic. Dynamic. Yeah, they sent
0: them to the hotel. But that night that you say at the Brooklyn Museum, I remember I had a pair that Jordan sent. Did you wait in line? I, I don't know if I waited in line, but I do remember that to to the the Rodriguez brothers' credit, it was like you should I get a second pair? And I ended up getting getting a second pair, which was smart to do. But it seemed yeah. like as much as you waited in line, and it was kind of tough to to get. I think people were looping around and getting them that night.
3: Well, never say I don't have integrity because I did not loop back around and I walked out of there with one pair, one measly pair of Cause Jordan fours. Do you still have those? No comment.
0: Okay, yeah, because I was like, you're holding out if you haven't worn those. But I I think
2: one of the one of the most memorable bits from interviewing Cause um, talking to him about the Jordan fours and like the reason why he doesn't want to wear didn't want to wear the shoes is because he never wanted to be on the train and have, like, some kid come up to him and be like, oh, my God, you're the guy who designed those sneakers. While, while he's wearing them, he doesn't want to have a conversation about the shoes, so he just doesn't wear them. <laughs> oh,
0: all right. Well, to each his own. God bless. Uh, well, uh,
3: he, he makes sculptures of himself. What does it mean he doesn't want to be famous like that? I mean, I guess he doesn't, don't, he doesn't do that work too much anymore. But
0: As always, to the listeners, please like, subscribe, comment. We read all the comments. We really do. We do, and there's been a bunch lately, and please continue that trend because we love to hear the feedback, and we are here to serve you guys, the audience. All right, guys. It's time to get to our guest.
1: Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase.
0: Our guest on today's podcast is a hip hop legend who is one of the most influential artists in southern rap. Alongside the late Pimp C, he was a member of the iconic group UGK that provided the soundtrack of Texas hip hop for decades and then spread across the states in the modern day era of rap. After the passing of Pimp C, he would continue the group's legacy by releasing five solo albums, all under the Trill umbrella, and cement his status as a true OG in the music industry. Ask any major rapper who has made a tour stop in Texas over the past four decades, and we're guessing they kissed the ring. Concurrently in his music career, he would also become one of the industry's biggest sneakerheads. Always putting on for Texas, he was a mainstay at the H-Town Sneaker Summit. He's been around footwear since the days of Pro Wings and Lecoq Sportif, all the way up to the modern-day Jordan P.E. craze. Today he shares with us his stories from the past and present eras. Please welcome
4: our friend, the trilogy, Bun B. Wow, that's a that was, now that's high praise. How you doing? Uh,
0: I'm so good, good to that, see that, you.
4: Kiss the ring. That's ill. Joe, can you I know, can I just can I to just To be say honest,
0: it? I had paid I had paid homage
4: at first and then I <laughs> sprinkled the a little up I ahead. sprinkled the little crack on it last night. Uh, what, whatever you charge for that is worth it. <laughs> We're so happy your, to your have view, you with us. Your view is a flex, Joe. Oh, thank like. you. Thank
3: you. <laughs> well, I'm for I'm sure. living surrounded by sneaker boxes, buddy. Yeah. This guy's got the whole entire skyline. I get that. Him. And, and I'm <laughs>
4: sure and I'm sure Joe has that view, right? Joe has that backdrop, right? The wall yes. of sneakers, I'm sure.
3: <laughs> to be
0: honest, it's a little, it's a they're they're not as high as these guys, but they're like right here. So and they're at my feet. Yeah, for the for this, I I try to leave it clear and the city behind me so
2: that's not, a, that's not a green screen
0: no not a green screen <laughs> not a green screen statue of liberty right there but yeah bun so happy to, that you're joining us and chopping it up with us
3: yeah bun enough about us we want to talk about you we want to talk about your sneaker history going all the way back i know you have a story about that first pair that you really kind of had to hustle for it was a pair of jordan ones is that right you were doing people's homework helping them out
4: yeah you guys did your research on this one it was mainly uh science Right, i was helping a lot of guys get through science it was uh and they still crack jokes about that to this day like i see those guys all the time we're, we're still good friends and every time they see me they'll be like yo igneous rocks igneous rocks man, dude you know how <laughs> so old I mean? were you at the time um it would have been 13 14 i guess i'm thinking mm-hmm. 14
3: so they're paying you to help them with homework and and you're taking that
4: money and buying jordan's with it i love that yes so it's ninth grade, ninth grade, maybe 15. I'm thinking, I'm not thinking ninth grade, so it would have been 14, 15. But yeah, yeah, so that was the thing because my parents didn't have a lot of money and there was no way, uh, I wasn't even going to ask my mom to buy me shit like that. Like I didn't even, you know, times were hard enough on her without me, like begging her for shit that I know she can't afford anyway. So I knew I had to figure out a way to try to make it work. And so that was one of the, the odd jobs. I used to also, so my mom works in healthcare and my mom, deals with like invalids and people who basically are just kind of stuck at home all day so i used to babysit some younger people There was a kid he was uh, probably about two years older than me so i would have to spend a night and basically just make sure he doesn't like choke on anything or you know mm-hmm. he needs to go to the bathroom and so i would get like 50 bucks a night for that too you know what i'm saying so i was finding different ways of trying to get that bread back there cutting grass which i don't even think that's a hustle for kids anymore like just getting a lawnmower and walking the neighborhood, seeing who needs that yard cut. Like, I don't even yeah. think that's a hustle for kids anymore.
0: It certainly changed, for sure. Igneous rocks, though, take me back to the earth science regions, which I, <laughs> failed, which I failed twice, by the way. <laughs> Terrible time in, in, in high school for me.
4: You should have had me, Joe. I know. You should have
0: I know. I needed a tutor like you or someone to actually do it for me. So, yeah, Jordans, and then you were 13 or 14. And coming up,
4: where, where were you shopping for them? So we did have a Foot Locker here in um, in Houston. I mean, in Port Arthur. I'm sorry. Uh, we did have a Foot Locker in Port Arthur, um, but they would get like a mm-hmm. very limited stock of everything. Mm-hmm. So sometimes we would have to. You'd have to go into Houston and go to like Greenspoint Mall or, or Sharpstown. Sharpstown usually would be the place of choice because Sharpstown had a Foot Locker. It also had like a Finish Line and had a Champ. So you had a couple of options as far as trying to get shoes. But I mean. Even from, you know, I, I, I laugh about it because the same thing that, that we wanted, my kids want, right? So I used to stand in line for Jordans. My kids want Jordans now. My grandkids want Jordans. And it's crazy. So it's like it's this multi-generational connection that we all have through sneakers. And so I remember I would have to go to Sharpstown at, at midnight. Like down here, we used to do midnight releases. Did they do that in New York? Yeah 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 so back in the day all the releases would be at midnight so you had to go to like the hood mall and you know work your way in try to slide some money under. like they would open a gate maybe about this much right Mm -hmm. just enough to slide a pair of shoes yeah slide the shoes under the gate but i knew you would see kids as soon as they walked out the mall in the park like get stuck you know and i remember having to take my kids to the mall And it'd be like me and my kids and I have other homies and be like, yo, we all let's let's do this. Like we're going to mob together one to make sure we get the shoe, but then also two to make sure we get home with the shoe. Mm -hmm. I don't think midnight releases would work right now.
2: Do you remember the store Active Athlete as well? Because I know that that was like something that Jordan had done, like the satin. uh...
4: Yeah, I still I still shop there. I still shop there. Absolutely. Uh, Paul. Paul's the owner.
2: How big was that in Houston? Was that like a big part of the scene or?
4: Well, yeah, because I mean, for one, I think it's the oldest, right? Yeah. But then it's also very distinctive because of the neighborhood it's in. Like the people that go to Active Athlete for sneakers, they're not going to the Galleria, right? They're not going to, I mean, they're right around the corner from Gulf Gate. They may not even go to, to Gulf Gate Foot Locker, which Gulf Gate has like a house of hoops. You know what I'm saying? So they get like good releases, but. You know, it's one of those things that people go to active athlete. They get their shoes, they get their clothes, they get something for the wife, they get or the girlfriend, they get something for the kids. It's that one stop shop in the hood. You know what I'm saying? And so, yeah, it's always been like a go to spot. And Paul's always had like a really good relationship with these sneaker brands. So he's been able to get key key sneakers. He's been able to do collaborations. He's been singled out for key releases, you know, build-outs. You know, we've had Super Bowls here, All-Star. He's always been able to be a part of those things. So Active Athlete uh, is probably probably that spot here, that single um, representation of secret culture here in the city.
3: Bun, when you talk about, like, the gates going up and and being at malls and stuff like that, grabbing sneakers, what era are we talking about there? Is that 90s? Yeah,
4: that's late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. So, So between 89 to... I would say maybe, maybe up to 98. It's just interesting
3: to me because I feel like you don't hear that many stories that far back about people actually lining up or going crazy for sneakers like that or getting robbed like that right in the parking lot.
4: Yeah, and that was always really mo- mostly Jordans, right? Mm-hmm. Like that'd be the issue. Like I remember they released for the 11s uh, because I wanted the 11s. Like the first, the
3: original, nineteen ninety. Yeah,
4: the original 11s, right? Trying to get those, uh, which were a big deal mm-hmm. here, right? Um, so the patent leather, we don't call patent leather shoes, patent leather shoes here. We call them candy. Mm -hmm. Right. So it kind of correlates with the car culture. So guys want patent leather shoes and, uh, you know, especially patent leather Jordans guys want those like that's that it matches the scene. It fits the culture, right? It's not just a good looking shoe. Um, and so there's always going to be that demand, um, for that shoe in this city. But I remember the original release, right. And, And we're recording riding dirty. So I'm like, yo, I need these new J's because we got the photo shoot coming up, and that's the that's the shoe that I want. And so I remember wanting to get those, and then the guy was like, yo, we've got these two, and then he's got the Lows, like the Cement Lows. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm like, you know what? I'll take those too. So I'm wearing the Cement Lows. I don't I don't know if that's in the artwork, but if you look in the actual artwork for Riding Dirty, it's literally on the back cover. Uh, so you don't even have to go deep into the artwork. If you look at the back cover. Of the riding dirty uh cd you'll see me wearing plaid shirt black dickies and the uh, bread uh 11 shorts
3: was there a moment where it changed for you i asked a lot of people this but like into like sneakerhead thing or the scene where it was all of a sudden you were collecting and then trying to figure out where the limited pairs were going to be and stuff like that or was it just kind of a natural thing because you were always into sneakers
4: no i mean i mean i like sneakers and, and don't get me wrong my, my relationship was casual right? Mm-hmm. It was very casual early because I didn't really have the money, right? So if I wanted a shoe, I had to work hard just to get that one shoe. But then as rap comes along, I have a career, I have my own money and stuff like that. Now I, I've i got more money to spend on shoes. So now I'm like, okay, well shit, you know, I, I want to try to get some other shit, but it didn't really, I didn't really get too many things. I still wasn't deep into the culture because it didn't fit our uniform at the time. So for us back then, we were Dickies and Cortez, right? Mm-hmm. Like that was it. It was mm-hmm. Dickies and Gangster Knights. That was the show uniform. That was that was what we wore all the time. So wearing other styles didn't really work at the time. Now that I got the money, but I was still going buy something every now and then that I want for myself, right? But and then like artwork and like album cover artwork wasn't always a big deal for us because we weren't getting promoted as we wanted to. We never really shot a lot of music videos, so I didn't necessarily have to have fits on deck. Right, you know, what I'm saying it's all about if I want to go somewhere and I want to switch it up a little bit, but it didn't make sense for me to wear other stuff because that wasn't what people were expecting me to see in anyway, be mm-hmm. in anyway, right? But every now and then, a different Jordan would come out. Anything bread colorway, I kind of wanted it. Right, black was my color, so mm-hmm. anything bread would work with the uniform. But we tend to stick with the black and white Cortez, mm-hmm. but. I think when it, when everything changed for me, like I was I was collecting. My thing is I had shoes, and I didn't really know that other people really cared about shoes mm-hmm. in that way, mm-hmm. right? I knew athletes had shoes. Like I knew PEs were were a thing, right? I knew certain players had their own shoes. I think I think the turning point for me happens, and this is, you know, deep into my career, right? I meet Dame Bibby, who is Mike Bibby's brother, right? I meet Dame, and so Dame. Um, strengthens. I have a very casual relationship with Joe at the time. Being friends with with Dame gives me a deeper proximity and a deeper relationship with Joe. But then,
3: Joe Fat like Joe, like going,
4: uh, yeah, okay, yeah, because Fat Joe is, is and Mike Bibby were very cool. Like, of course, and
3: Mike yeah. Bibby once choked him out over yeah. a pair of sneakers.
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's a whole family of people that I don't even really know exist in that way. Like, I know Fat Joe as a rapper. I don't right. know him as right. this very deep Team sneaker dime. collector. Right, so when Dame brings me into that, and, and Dame's like, "Well, what size you wear?" And I tell him my size, he's like, "Well, damn, we don't really have a lot of shoes for you." So Dame takes out his phone. And calls Reggie Saunders. Oh,
3: nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Dame's like, but, but I'm so glad you took us to Reggie because Reggie yes. is such
4: a legendary figure,
3: but he's not in the media like that. And he gets referenced on sneaker shopping all the time. Everyone's yes. always like, thanks to Reggie. And we, yes. we're in the industry, so we know who Reggie is. And I feel like you have such a long Reggie history. So I want I love this Reggie, this Reggie story.
0: And a great story getting to Reggie. Amazing. Yes.
4: Yeah. So so Dame calls Reggie. He's like, hey man, I'm here with my boy Bun. He's like, you know Bun B? Oh man, Bumby's the best, man. You got to fuck with him, yo. We need, you, we need y'all to send him some shit, man. Let's 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 take care of Bunt, you know. And from that point on, like, the like rest that that world opens, right? Like as far as seating, like all of this, because yeah. you got to keep in mind, I never, and this is like maybe 03, 04, right? I never got anything from anybody, right? I was never sponsored by anybody up to this point, point. and the first box that I get on my porch is like Jordans. And man, you know they saying? haven't they haven't let up since. <laughs> and it's crazy. And then so was Reggie was I Reggie
3: stu- like at a high level back then too? Because I, I don't know what his title is right now, but you know, heads up all the entertainment marketing, sends all those free sneakers.
4: I've never known what Reggie's title is, but I know that Reggie is Reggie is Mike's guy. So Reggie's good, like forever. Right. As long as Reggie wants to be a part of Jordan Brand, he will be. And I think Reggie's real thing is really more like helping Mike with quality control with a Mm -hmm. lot of stuff Mm -hmm. like they the way it was explained to me is that you know they will let's say it's spring summer 2021 right Mm -hmm. so they'll present everything that they have that they want to put out for 2021 for spring 20 spring summer 21 they'll present it to mike and mike will tell them what he likes what he doesn't like there may be one or two things that's like okay that one's just for me right kind of Mm. a thing right but they don't always see eye to eye. Like it, I was told that there was a season that they showed everything to Mike and Mike hated everything. Right. And Mike looks at the board. He's like, you see this dude. And he points at the Jumpman logo. And he's like, that's not a logo. That's me. Motherfuckers. That's huh. me. Stop playing <laughs> with me.
3: Stop playing with me.
4: <laughs> Stop playing with me. You know what mm, I'm saying? Cause this mm. isn't just a logo on a sneaker. Like that's me on that mm. shoe. So every time those shoes come out, they represent me. Mm. So I just love the whole approach and the family aesthetic because like you look at 2021 and, and I've been getting seeded product for over 15, 16 years now. Right. Mm-hmm. And it has nothing to do with my presence in the industry. Right. Like I'm not getting shoes because I'm hot. Right. That's not even how Jumpman works, because there's a lot of people that would love to get seated by Jumpman, but can't because it's not just about being popular. Right. You have to represent something in a certain way in order for Jumpman to even associate himself with you. Right. You have to kind of be singled out in in, the man amongst the men, so to speak, in your in your respective field. And so for me to still be looked at in that way by Jumpman says a lot to me, you know, and this is the connection that I've always wanted. I remember when Pimp, that was the only brand that Pimp ever wanted to be sponsored by was Jumpman like you know we had a couple of opportunities He's like i don't want to be sponsored by nobody but, but jordan and i was like why was like, because jordan don't fuck with everybody hmm. you know what i'm saying you got to be the shit at what you do for jordan to fuck with you and so it was wonderful because once he came home from prison that was like the first one of the first things that we like we shot a video probably within a month of him coming home recording a new album and that was the thing like i got to bring him a box of jordan gear so he's wearing it in the video and it was like the uh the first shoe that he got from Jordan was the Gucci colorway Spizike.
0: Okay, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
4: yeah. And for him, he loved it. Like he mm-hmm. was, it was. He was like, "Man, where you get these from, Bun?" And I was like, "Man, shit, that's from That's from Jordan. Jordan sent you that. Love, them. man. Stop bullshitting, Pee Wee, because he would call me. That was like my family name was Pee Wee. Mm-hmm. Stop bullshitting, Pee Wee. Like now, nah, baby, we sponsored by Jordan. <sighs> awesome. Oh man, it's going down for real, man. Wow. Going- awesome. And then when he passed, they made you a one of one. Didn't they? they? They did two. Okay. Right? So they did a Jordan one low. That was Croc skin.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: Um, and then they did an eight as well. Okay. So they did an eight as well. I gave the eight to his oldest son, mm-hmm. uh, Chatty Boo, uh, Chad Jr. I gave the eight to him because he was my size at the time. So I had both pairs. So I kept the one low. He, he took the eight. But I think he just wore them. I think he wore the shit out of them. I don't know. Okay. I'm not sure if he still has them.
2: You know around the time in the early 2000s uh jay-z gets the reebok deal obviously big pimping you know a big moment in in your career kind of like brings you guys to the east coast and mainstream audience you had said in a complex list it was like your 50 favorite sneakers of all time that jay actually pre- just gave you and presented you with the s dots when they first came out do you do you remember that happening like how'd that go down
4: um I think it was really if it happened, that would have had to happen probably at Magic, if I'm not mistaken. That would have probably happened at Magic, right? Because they had they used to have a very big presence at the Magic Convention in Vegas. Um, one year in particular, I remember it was in the early stages of him and Beyonce dating. Like their their booth had like a full bar. They had like Aware and like the S dots on one side, and then dame had his clothing line and the pro Mm -hmm. kids on the other side Mm -hmm. just as and you know this is the same time as nelly right with vocal um Mm. getting ready to debut apple bottoms and all of that so hip-hop had a very strong presence at agenda back then nike still did build outs back then before they went to private appointments so it, it it would almost definitely have to have been around that time right but I but I, it wasn't like I was given the shoe like, Oh, this is our new shoe, here you go. It's like, yo, we're gonna hook you up. So I got mini pair. Like I got the box on the porch. This was like a great time for me. I, I was just kidding. I was getting hit up with the boxes. And then, and and this was the beginning of the conversation with me and Dame doing our collaboration with Pro Ked. So there's like the the Bun B the Pimp C Pro Ked. I think there's a Rap a lot right? We did several styles of shoes together. But now, a really really good sneaker story um, from Jay was when I actually flew to New York to record Big Pimpin'. I go to the office and there's like maybe 100 boxes of the Rockefeller Uptowns, Air Force Ones. I don't wear Air Force Ones, right? That's not a shoe of choice for me, Mm -hmm. right? Because so typically for me, a shoe, I'm a 10, right? As far as length, but I got a wide foot, so I tend to buy a 10 and a half. So Air Force One is going to, as soon as I put Air Force One on, it's shoe, crease. Yeah. It's yeah. crease, yes. right? So it wasn't, a, it, I'm not getting my money's worth out of that particular style. So it's not my style of preference. And so I was offered the shoe and I declined it. I, oh. I, I'm, now I'm good. You didn't I'm want good. a pair of
3: Rockefeller Air Force Ones, man?
4: I did not. <laughs> I did not. And that's no no disrespect to them, it was really more of the style of the shoe. Now, if they did a Rockefeller Cortez or Air Max, something that I knew I was going to rock, I would have took it. My son gets mad t- with me to this day. One, because he actually wears Air Force Ones. And two, like Jay-Z is one of his favorite artists. So he was like, man, I could have had the Rockefeller Air Force <laughs> One back when nobody had him. Right? Mm-hmm. Isn't it
2: tough, like, being friends with, like, Mayor and Clark Kent and all those guys and not wearing Air Force Ones, given that it's, like, their favorite sneaker?
4: No, no, I stay out of the way. I just stay out of the way, right? That's that's a conversation that we don't even have to have. And I've had some choice <laughs> shoes before, don't get me wrong, some, some very nice Air Force Ones, but it just wouldn't be my shoe of choice. Like the toe box is just too wide and it's going to crease. That's another problem I have with Jordan Ones. I tend to typically run into that same problem with a Jordan One, but I'm a lot more careful with a Jordan One. When I walk. So
3: it's interesting to hear that you're not that much of an Air Force One guy, because I kind of associate you again as far as ATF is concerned. And you going into bespoke 21 Mercer, I remember those Space Jam Air Force Ones you did with Izzy Mateo yeah. back in the day. Like there were there were some big bun shoes back in that era.
4: Yeah. And so so the whole thing like with 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 Clark and, and ATF. Like I remember Clark hits me and Clark is literally like, um, Are you ready? Like it's basically it's like, Are you ready? and i was like what do you mean it's like you know i know you i know you fuck with shoes i know you're a collector and you get some shit he's like are you ready to see it's like it's almost like morpheus in the matrix right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like you could take this pill and go back to you know rocking grs and quick strikes when you can and <laughs> tier zeros if you're able or whatever or you could take this pill and we show you how deep the rabbit hole goes and i when Clark Kent walks you into the sneaker world, there's no turning back. Yes. There's no turning back. You start having a deeper understanding of shoes that you have, shoes that you could have had. Like, there's so many different shoes that I had access to, and I just it just wasn't my particular type of shoe. Like dunks. I always had the access to dunks, but was never just a dunk guy. Again, wide toe box, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not typically my shoe. All I would have had to do is just go down a half size, mm-hmm. Right. And take a little pinch on the pinky toe. Mm. And everything would have changed for me. Yeah. But I'm just stuck with
0: that 10 and a half. On the topic of the Air Force One, we like to bring up certain events. 2006, the Air Force One One Night Only Party. Do you remember that? And there's a photo of you and Kanye. Any stories from that event?
4: I'm trying to communicate to Hiroshi
0: okay what was that like and so was you you knew of him and you wanted to
4: have like a conversation with him yeah i just wanted to tell him i wanted to tell him how much i you know appreciated his art and his work and his and his shoes mm-hmm. and he's I, I i i think he gets the sentiment right i'm mean, he speaks mm-hmm. english right like he's not right. not like he's all yeah. japanese right but it's got the best English, right? So I feel it's like just sometimes very...
3: maybe he pretends like he doesn't speak English that well just so he can get out of conversations. <laughs> not not with you per se, but just in general.
4: Most people who speak English as a second language do not let, let off how much right. English they know. Like the French are very well known for this, right? Right. The French speak fairly well English, but they refuse to speak English with <laughs> Americans. That's, you know, dumb, fuck, stupid and fucking Americans as we are. As they like to say, but yeah, no that, but that was a great party. Um, That was a really great party. That was one of the first times Matt, how Phil and I like hung out together. Like we Mm -hmm. knew each other and had been in communication, but that was like one of our first times really hanging out. One of my best friends in the world now. Right. Mm -hmm. And has nothing to do with sneakers. Right. Kind of. That's the same thing with Pete. Right. Like I meet Pete. Yes. I meet Pete at at, like sneaker at sneaker pimps. Right. Mm -hmm. I meet Pete at sneaker pimps, but then it just, it immediately goes to food. Yeah. Right. Which is crazy. The fact that the, the only shoe that I've even only time I've ever really talked about shoes with Pete is when we did the Ewing. Mm-hmm. Okay? Yeah. When we did you the gotta you got to eat, eat this. this shoe. It's almost exclusively snack talk. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care where we are in the world. If we see like some new Oreos, you're getting that call like right then. You're getting that call. <laughs> awesome. It's like new snack alert. But no, it's, a, it's, a, it's amazing to have friends like that, man. And, and again, when I talk to Mary, we almost never talk about shoes. Because, I mean, at this point, what is there to say? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I tell you who doesn't really get enough credit, though, is Greg Street.
3: Mm. Yeah. We had Greg on here a few months back. Yeah.
4: You know, Greg Street is, is, is not just a sneaker collector. Like, he could really <clears throat> teach people about collecting, period. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. Collection, cataloging, all of those things. Um, he has every shoe. Right, that's that's understood. I'm, I'm almost certain Greg has two pairs of every shoe, and he had them right? a
3: decade ago. Like, yeah, like, he, he's had them He, him he since. was already, yeah.
4: I, I don't believe I don't believe Greg Street ever bought a shoe for resale price. Like, <laughs> I, you <laughs> know what I'm saying? If he did, he was very quiet about it. But he's been very connected over the years. But he's also because he's been this radio DJ for all these years. Right? He's got every promo item mm. that every artist ever had that yeah. came mm-hmm. through. Like one year from for my birthday, he gave me a promo tee from an album that I don't even remember us having this tea. Like I never owned this tea ever. And he said he sent me like two of them, like wrapped in plastic, pristine mint condition. Just randomly, I figured you might want these. I'm like, what the fuck are these? Like, what did you even have these? He was like, This was they sent me this. job, sent me this on promo. I went to Greg's house one time in Atlanta. He has everything got every kind of hip hop collectible he's got some things custom like he's got a custom chess set that he had made for him where all of the pieces are people from hip hop wow
0: one thing about collecting one thing
4: i like that i was
0: going back and reading you were a big fan that if you were wearing a designer sneakers you would get them to sign it i think the tiffany dunk and i also think the yeezy one is that true
4: well okay so the yeezy one i couldn't get signed so there's okay. a great story about that. So it's South by Southwest. Mm-hmm. I'm at South by Southwest. This is when Con- This is the weekend that Kanye announces the Good Company um, okay. takeover good music. at South good music. by Southwest. Right? Uh, good music. Yeah, I'm sorry. I said Good Company. Good Company is a local barbecue place. I just passed by. <laughs> I just got my car, my truck washed across the street. But um, and so I'm at South by Southwest. Rick Ross is supposed to perform. Okay. Also, Rick Ross misses his flight um it's a fader for it right okay. so andy andy calls me and asks can i come and do fader for it? they need a favor i'm in town i got the music already at this point i wanted a few rappers that's consistently at south by southwest so he knows i'm in town i told him yeah i can come through so i go um it's literally after i i watched the office london uh introduce solange and I had to talk to Theophilus because he had the Jordan 5s on that day. Like, okay, It was yeah. amazing that the day I saw him. And I always tease him. Every, I'll, if you look at his page, every, every picture in my caption is, I'm like, and he did it with Jay's on. Because mm-hmm. like nobody's been more consistent. He loved those black and silver 5s. Always. Always. Yeah. That's always been. And that's his poison. If he has to pick something to wear, he's going to pick that like nine mm-hmm. times out of ten. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I did the performance. And I have the Yeezys on. Right, so I'm like the first guy. I'm flexing hard at South by. So I do the performance. We're going back to the truck. Ye pulls up for sound check. Mm-hmm. He sees me with the shoes on. He looks at the shoes. He looks at me. He looks at the shoes. And so he knows I didn't get them from him. Okay. Right. And he's like, nice shoes. And I'm like, thank you. Th- I would love it if you would sign them. He looks at me. He looks at the shoes. He looks at me. He's like. But you're not going to wear them no more if I sign
0: it. <sighs> <laughs> okay, fair point. So he, I'm he like,
4: wouldn't do it? He wouldn't do it?
3: And he just kind of moved on.
4: Okay. How
3: did you have him early? Like, how early was this?
4: Oh, I mean, I had him. This was before uh, release. Yeah. Is that, like, is I got that a from Nike Dawn.
3: thing? Like, uh, how does Dawn, that happen? Yeah,
4: Don Baxter. Oh, of course. It's of my Nike rep. So I got, I got Reggie on one hand and Dawn oh. on the other.
3: Hand. <laughs> that's win, a, that's win. a combo, man. Yes. <laughs> I, I, iconic I mean, duo I, I am, right there.
4: I am I am a blessed man. And no. I'm almost certain that Clark kind of pushed me to Dawn, if I'm not mistaken.
3: Yeah. Do you feel okay asking people for sneakers? Because we actually have this conversation a lot between us where we know these people who work in brands or who work at stores, but sometimes it's unclear if it's you just wait for stuff to show up, or is it is it fair to to
4: go ahead and ask? For me, mm-hmm i'm in a different position right so i'm not like asking the manager or like the homie that works at the shop right right like i have friends that have actually like grown retail shoe businesses right so i've known peter and eric for years sns right you know so once you know i did i did the 10-year anniversary for sns in stockholm Mm -hmm. through dawn through nike And Peter's always like, yo, if there's anything you need that you have trouble getting, right? Because Peter knows I know people. Right. Right. So there's always the option, right? Like, if you can't get it anywhere else, give me a call. I'll see what I can do. I don't like doing that. I don't like having to call an owner, right, for something like that, you know? But that's just me. Like, I know people that lean on dudes, lean on dudes. And the guy can give them 99 pairs of shoes. And the Dude, he doesn't get the lovely pair. I mean, the hundredth pair. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, this dude is a bitch. He's fake. Like, yep. you know what I'm saying? I've been holding him down. All this type of shit. It's all love, man. You know, mm-hmm. and I, I don't get every sneaker, right? Like, there are certain shoes that I don't call Reggie for. Like, I kind of, I still like the Chase, mm-hmm. right? And then, like, for example, and then there's the other thing is I, will, I don't get seeded women's shoes mm-hmm. from Jordan. Mm-hmm. Right. So if I want the cream off white fours, I gotta go figure that out. Yeah.
3: Because you just if I not want on these that
4: list. these new, yeah, the new silver toe uh Jordan Ones that are getting ready to drop. I love that shoe. But I can't call Reggie and act Reggie for a girl's shoe. I don't think seating works that way. Mm, okay. Interesting.
2: Got it. I saw another shoe that you said you couldn't get your hands on was the undefeated fours, where you had asked James Bond if he could hook you up with them and he's like,
4: Ask for something else. Yeah. yeah, so I, I, I mean, and that took a lot. That took a lot, and that was one of those things where you're like half joking. Yeah, with somebody. Yeah, yeah,
3: yeah. You give the suggestion, like, hey, just you're like, hey, case. man. You know, yes. and by the way,
4: James, if you guys had any, uh, any olive four sitting around, man, by you all means, you had that green
0: military jacket in the tuck,
4: right? Ready for it? Yes, of yeah. course. <laughs> of course, re- the reversible joint is orange on one side and green on the other. <laughs> there we go. I could I can hit it either way. Yeah. um but James has been amazing. James has is always kind of like, whenever there's a, and again, I meet him after the force, right? So as long mm-hmm. as I've known, him, whenever there's an undefeated release, James will send it over, you know, yeah. but and and, and that's, I'm lucky, right? Like most of the guys I know that have stores end up with collaborations. Mm-hmm. Derek will send me something, you know, politics. whatever they make of politics, they'll send me something uh, corporate, you know, I got mad up at corporate when they did the yes. CP3 collaboration he sends me something i get so much stuff from everybody man you know what i'm saying people in oneness you know oneness will send me Shout stuff there's else. so many different places don't even, i can't even get into like social status in manier right because mm-hmm. of course and james i mean once james yeah. came to the city james immediately started reaching out to people it's like look you guys you know you guys are family so if there's something you need please let us know and and just you know i I mean, this shit just kind of happens for me, right? Like, I don't. There's only some like trophy rooms, right? Like that's Mm -hmm. the shoe that maybe I would have to chase. Okay, but you got them, right? Yeah, but I got them, right? Like that. (laughs) But that's the shoe I was prepared to, to chase, right? They're right here.
3: Bun, can we talk about the chase? Do you are you following the controversy around this shoe?
4: What the blue laces? The blue laces, Bun. Yes. So if you look at my post, that's what I said. I was like I got the shoe. I was like I got the shoe but no blue laces. What you think of that? like Well, Marcus hit me, right? So Marcus explained it in the comments.
0: Okay.
3: And they are I need to know I need to know what Marcus said about these laces cuz the whole internet is is
4: is, you know, speculating so that I there's all these seated. backdoor
3: pairs or fake pairs. So or...
4: I was seated by Jumpman. Okay. And there's talk of a shock drop.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Right, which I don't know. if I don't believe those numbers. If you guys have seen that, the list of the sizes and the, I, I the saw that. Numbers. I do think they're hitting yeah, sneakers, I but I don't know about those sizes. I don't. I don't believe those numbers. I don't. I just can't see them going with two hundred and like less than two hundred and fifty pair for an online release that millions of people are going to fight for. I just don't see that. But so, Marcus says um, the blue laces are exclusive from Trophy Room. Mm-hmm. So I don't. But I don't know if that means. Trophy room pairs or like because I think you may have to buy the blue laces. I'm not sure. Okay. Right. Because he wasn't very clear and I didn't want to kind of I didn't want to get into it um, in the comments about it because I can only imagine he's getting beat <laughs> up
3: right now. <laughs> he is. But people, bun, people believe but, he backdoored thousands of pairs.
4: I, I wouldn't know anything about that. Yeah. To be honest. But people always assume that. Right. Especially if it's a shoe that they don't think they're going to get. Right. That's kind of the way that that's like setting your your alibi up early. Right. For when you don't get them. Mm -hmm. Just like, man, I probably won't get this shoe because they're already backdoor like thousands of pairs of them. But I don't think I don't think those numbers are are really out there. Now I know there's a couple of pairs early and people get Mm -hmm. shoes early. We know this. Right. Doesn't have anything necessarily to do with the store every time. Um, but this one, because of how exclusive the shoe is, that's why a rumor like that can even float. Rumor has it. Right? Rumor um, has
0: it. Yeah. Rumor exactly.
4: Right. Like, I mean, so I mean, it's a it's a salacious release anyway, right? It's got all kind of it's, it's a shoe built around controversy. So I mean, look, let it live.
2: Another Jordan collaborator where you kind of paid it forward or paid it back with is uh, there was a story where Khalid Torbus had caught on fire and he had lost all of his sneakers and you like hooked him up with a bunch of shoes. Like what happened? There? Well, I offered,
4: I offered, oh, yeah. he declined, he declined, but I, I knew that Khaled had a very, a very extensive collection of shoes. And I also knew that Khaled and I were the same size. Right. And this was like a very pivotal moment, right. For Khaled, for one, he's on, you know, he's on the bus. Cause he doesn't really like to fly. Right. Like right. him and Joe are like definitely afraid of airplanes. Right. So, so it's, that's always a funny. That's already a funny situation, right? He can't do anything but wait on the next bus, and everything's on the bus. Like if you're not gonna fly, if you're on the bus, you take extra shit when you tour on the bus because there's room for it, right? Whereas if you took a plane, you probably only take what you yep. felt you would wear, right? And you, on 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 a on a plane, you're condensing, right? But on a tour bus, you're kind of expanding, right? You mm. we're gonna put every fucking thing. We're gonna bring everything we can bring on this thing ask Wale about shoes on buses a lot (laughs) (laughs) the most the most and Wale's top five rapper shoe collections
3: oh yeah
0: yes yeah easily definitely Definitely.
4: easily right if you if you take and if you take DJs and producers out of it he might be top three top
3: three Bun, you mentioned Khaled being the same size. Do you ever see stuff show up for him and you're like you think that maybe you missed out
4: on it because he got it? Only thing that Khaled got that I get in are the shoes he designed. Okay. <laughs> My box hits the porch the same days it. Wait, you know what? I take that back. I have not gotten a kiss of death yet. Okay. But I talked to Edison and Edison says it's coming. I got the okay. 14.
3: Because I just don't know. To me, you're on that level in the in the Reggie Saunders Rolodex where you're, you're right there with Mark Wahlberg. But I don't know if like Mark Wahlberg gets a package first and you're like, come on, come on,
4: come on. Mark, Mark Wahlberg definitely gets a package first.
3: <laughs> <laughs> have you talked to Mark about shoes?
4: I have not. I've only ever been in the same space as Mark Wahlberg one time. And that was at uh, Matsuhisu in L.A. And he could tell I was a rapper, but he didn't know which rapper I was. And so he asked, he asked the guy, is that Kanye West? No. Oh, oh, no, no. Oh, no. No. Oh no boy. I, you had, you had look, the Yeezys I, on. I, I, I did not have Yeezys okay. on. I guarantee you, I didn't have Yeezys on. But okay. I always go whenever I would go to L.A. Travis and Skinhead Rob would always take me to to lunch, okay. and that's Travis's like go-to spot was Matsuhisa, mm-hmm. and we happened to be in there, and Lindsay Lohan and. Who is Lindsay? It wasn't Nicole Richie, but Lindsay Lohan and someone else is at lunch. Quincy Jones is with Hugh Hefner's ex-wife at lunch. Oh, Leela Rashawn. Leela Rashawn, who's, who's um, Sunshine from Harlem Nights. She's um, Antoine mm-hmm. Fuquay's ex-wife. She's there. And then Mark Wahlberg is at another table. And we're probably two tables apart. And I'm there with Travis Barker, right? So it's unmistakable who Travis is, right? Mm-hmm. So it's obvious travis is somebody and travis has a very close proximity with hip-hop people and mark has had some proximity with hip-hop right but he's a little far removed at this point so i think he for him to figure like who's having lunch in matsuhisa in hollywood with travis barker right he's got to be a rapper he's he's not big enough to be a football player he's too big to be a basketball player so he's got to be a rapper (laughs) right and they and like the the uh waiter came over he's like "I'm, i'm gonna tell you guys something funny after They leave. We we got (laughs) that.
2: But speaking of other Travis's, obviously you have a connection with Travis Scott being your bull from Houston. I saw you posted that photo on Instagram
4: where like, did he bless you with the, the SB dunks? Yes. So funny story. We go, we're in the area, right? So I'm at Sneaker Summit, which is probably the biggest consignment store here in Houston, possibly Texas for that matter. Good friends of mine hanging out there and so we and so somebody comes in i think it's the owner brian He's like yeah man travis's uh cafe just opened i'm like word really so we had heard that he was building a cafe right next door to space the sneaker store so we i'm like okay well maybe i'll go by and pass by there so my guy lane's with me lane's like i ain't doing shit let's let's go over there who knows and so we go we park um there's a woman outside she's on the phone right and so i recognize her she's she's Travis's aunt right she's the manager she was the, the manager of space so she's in front of the cafe and she's on the phone. space is a sneaker store yeah and so she's like hold on a second hey uh you're here to see my nephew and i'm like i just came to see the cafe he's here yeah he's he's in the back just just go all the way to the back like, okay so we go all the way in which the cafe is nice a couple people in there eating wings drinking smoothies and shit so we go all the way to the back, and he's out there just sitting on the Lambo, just kind of chilling. Oh, gee, what's up? What's up? And I was just hanging, just came to see the new spot. So he comes in, woo-woo. And so we're just talking, and all of a sudden he just stopped. He said, you got the dunks? I was like, I don't actually have the dunks. I've been trying to get the dunks, but I said I didn't. I haven't had the best of luck. He's like, I'll be right back. Leaves out the back door, goes into the to space, the store, comes back out. Travis Scott, SB, special box. Right, and it's got somebody's. It's 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 got a name on it. Like that's the Mark funny Walters? shit. Yes, yeah, so it's got like a posted name on it, and I'll, I'll, I'll be honest. It's it said Ross, but I don't know if Ross is my size. Right? Okay, <laughs> you may have taken
3: Rick Ross's shoes.
4: Yeah, I, I I don't know. To the I didn't take shit. Allegedly, right? allegedly, <laughs> I could have been another shit. Ross. I was given. Mm-hmm. I was given, but let's, let's, we're going to assume it's another Ross. I just can't believe Rick Ross is a 10 and a Ross I gotta believe, I gotta Ross believe, Keller.
0: Ross. <laughs> Ross Keller. yeah, a say for
4: yeah. <laughs> I feel like there's so but, much um,
3: happening in Houston in terms of sneakers, too. You have, you have PJ Tucker out there, you know, like, like when did you connect with PJ on a sneaker, tip?
4: So just knowing the same people, right? Just kind of knowing the same people um you start hearing like yo pj's looking for this pj's looking for that and at first i was like man this dude this dude likes sneakers right then you realize it's way further than likes Mm -hmm. sneakers you know and so i go to games or whatever i go to games i meet him casually or whatever and we just we just it's like i think he what did he want he wanted the transformers that's what he wanted okay that was the first time pj spoke to me he was like yo og i know you know He's like, do you have do you have the Transformers? I was like, I didn't get those. I was like, I don't get. So there's there's still a very a, a hierarchy in that system where I don't get everything. Like I tell people, I get seated all kinds of shit from Jumpman, but I didn't I didn't get Wahlbergs. I didn't get Macklemore's shoe, you know, you know. And so, but I was like, man, no, I didn't get those. But I was like, even if I did, I wouldn't have your size. He's like, yeah, I know who got my size. And then we just. From there, we just kind of went forth and 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 there's not really too many people here he could talk to about that. Right. Mm -hmm. That would get it. Right. And there's not. And on the other side, there's not a lot of people that he can sort of let in his circle. Right. He has to be protective of himself. But I mean, he's I mean, I God, just from a personal collection standpoint, I think from the variety of shoes that he has and then he's got the he's got the income. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So there's right. things that he's collected over the years, but he's one of those guys that's in position to like, he's like, I want every grail. Like, I want every grail. And I've got some ill shoes. He showed me some shit. I was like, I've never seen that shoe in my in my life. Like, the, um, I call him the suit and ties. I think it's a Legend of the Summer pack.
3: Yeah. yeah. Right. This, it goes
4: by different names. Right. Because Legend of Summer was a tour. But the insert on the shoe says on the shoe, say suit and tie. So there's the one, right? There's the tinker one with the metal toe box, right? Right. He's got the he's got the same shoe, but it's all 3M. Wow. I never even knew there was a 3M version of, of that shoe. I'm like, this dude is a problem.
0: Yeah. How do you feel about, you know, Travis and PJ and you like this Houston kind of little mini conglomerate of sneakers and sneaker, sneaker personalities? And don't leave out Maxo. Don't leave out Maxo. Maxo. Yes. Maxo. And he was yeah, he was on full size one. But how do you feel about, you know, this this kind of um,
4: group in in Houston now? I love it because, you know, this just shows that as I tell people all the time, right, as musically as a culture in Houston. Like, if we ever had the same opportunity and resources available that people who live in New York, or live in L.A., right, have in terms of, like, media exposure, right? You know, proximity to all these different outlets and magazines and TV shows mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. Like, if we ever get close to that, that level of opportunity or pool of resources, the South will take over. It's a numbers thing, right? There's more people in the Southern region than there are in the west the east or the midwest it's just the numbers thing right we've mm-hmm. got we've got a lot of land mass down here and so as as hip-hop as a culture starts to grow um lifestyle all these things start to grow we start realizing that if we if we show people that we're aware of it and that we want it they'll get it to us so in the early days i remember i was one of the few people because i would go on fairfax and i knew a lot of the guys my guy chris barnett um was, was that echo at the time. And he kind of walked me through that whole West coast, um, aesthetic, you know, that whole Fairfax crew and the hundreds guys, I got to be Ben and Bobby and then crooks, uh, I'm, you know, meeting G and all these guys. And you find yourself just on the cusp of all this stuff, even Nikki, right. Uh, before yeah. there's a store. And so guys are giving me stuff and I'm wearing it. And, and this is like in the very early days of online shopping. So like nobody's stocking it here because it's still primarily this west coast thing so crooks has ends up doing a website but they don't really put everything that's available right it's a couple of t's different studies very light so karma loop is the one that kind of blows that shit open mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm.
4: for everybody right selco and so selco ends up being the biggest and these guys even when they do start opening accounts across the country karma loop is selling more crooks and castles than crooks and castles is selling right, right. Crypton Castles, right? And so then it becomes a lot easier for people to get the stuff, right? So uh, I remember in the the early days of like Wiz's collab with Diamond Supply, Rick Ross's collab with Diamond Supply, right? And as these different artists who are further removed from this West Coast scene start to embrace the currency, right? So then Mm -hmm. people start to see the logos. They start to see the clothing. And it's like, okay, well, that shit's fresh. What else do they got? You know, and then things just kind of take over from there. I, mean, I think the beauty of what we're doing in Houston is that we understand the culture as far as being a part of it. Right. Like Trav's fresh kid. Maxwell's a fresh kid. You know what I'm saying? And so because of the fact that we understand the taste within the culture, now we can market direct to them with our merch. Right. So instead of me having to go and do a, a collab with someone, which is cool. Right. That works but if right. i already know it and i and i could you know realistically put together an infrastructure that can produce this stuff i know what kind of shit fresh kids want make i'll make the them the yourself. shit that i want yeah. you know i'll just make them fresh shit so look at travis no one really i don't think anybody sells maybe maybe justin and drew right mm-hmm. but i mean i don't know any hip hop artist that's doing more merch than travis
3: did you get the meal
4: at mcdonald's bun i didn't get the meal i don't i don't, I don't eat at mcdonald's unfortunately what? But I got the Cackie shirts. Jack sent you. <laughs> I
2: got the shirts.
4: Now I did pre-order the cacti. I pre-ordered the seltzer. Okay. 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 <laughs> I'm ready. I'm ready to try that. But I've I, I, and that's another thing. I've never asked Travis for any. I oh, I consistently buy merch through because if I show people I'm supporting them, maybe they'll want to. Maybe they'll decide. Hey, man, you don't have to. Where'd you get that hoodie from? Like I ordered that shit online. Oh, gee, you ain't got to do that, man. We'll send you something. But I'm not, I I think it's important to show, you know, show support of people.
3: A hundred percent. I love that. I, it's it's such a good moment to show you that I'm not afraid to pay
4: and, and show other people like, look, we're going to support this. And then it puts other people in a funny place. Because once I get it mm-hmm. and I show that I paid for it, now it's like if you ask for it, you look like a sucker now. Because I'll show people that, I you know, I got it. I, I, I bought it. Hashtag support your friends. You know what I'm saying? Albums come out. I don't just repost It's very easy to post somebody's album cover shit like that. I like to post show the the purchased when you buy mm. that shit, you can see it's been purchased and not just download. Look, streaming works. Like right? if you if you if you're not going to buy it, at least stream the shit out of it. So I you know, if you're going to listen to it on album Music, that's cool. But if these are people that you call your friends, $10 ain't shit for an album. $25, $30 ain't shit for a t-shirt, 44 a hoodie. That shit adds up. And if you're an artist, you know those numbers add up.
2: Bun, you talked about, you know, you getting to to make stuff and knowing what's cool. And uh, one thing that you did get to make was you got to design a a sneaker for Chris Paul for the for the All-Star game. Like, how did how did that happen? I know, obviously, with your connection to Jordan. But what was that like actually making a shoe for Chris Paul?
4: So Reggie calls and Reggie's like, yo, because I'm begging Reggie constantly to make a shoe. But that's one thing I have no shame about. I'm like, yo, let me touch a Jordan. (laughs) Let me touch any silhouette. Doesn't got to be a retro. Let me touch something, right? That's my dream thing is to design a Jordan, right? Because at this point, I've done Greedy Genius. I've done Pro Kids, Mm -hmm. right? I've done a couple of collaborations. um, But this is a big deal, right? All-Star Game is going to be in Houston that year. And so Chris wants a shoe that's representative of the city and the culture. This is before Chris is a rocket. Right. This is Chris and um, it's Chris in California, you know, um, but he wants a shoe that when he wears it in Houston, looks like a Houston shoe. Reggie's like, Buns has got to do it. I go over to the house. Um, Chris takes me in the closet. I find out that for every so every CP that he's done, every one of his shoes that he's designed. There's a there's a three. Four in that colorway.
3: A corresponding Air Jordan three.
4: I heard his collection is crazy. PJ actually told me Chris Paul's collection is wild. Chris Paul's shit is crazy, right? mellow too. Melo's got some crazy shit too. Mm-hmm. But and the, the ill thing with Chris is that so, for example, when the Jordan athlete um decides they don't want to be with the team they're with, right? And so there's like, okay, he may go here, here, or here they they make shoes with the anticipation of whichever one of those teams they may end up going to so that as soon as they get there yeah they get to rep instantly
0: that's like so, us with
4: social social assets we put the jersey swaps just in case of the outcome <laughs> just in case you never know <laughs> yeah. right you want you know it's like you know we sell the winner and the loser tease goes to africa kind of mm-hmm. a thing right mm-hmm. And so I start – so then at the time, there was this – he had just left New Orleans, right? But there was like three prospective teams that they were saying he was going to go to. So they had made the CP for each team and the and the coordinating three. So that was my thing, right? Like he had threes for colorways that he probably can't even wear because he's not associated with these teams. Yeah. Uh mm-hmm. baby Bibby, I I don't know, man. Baby's Bibby's closet was crazy. Cause I think a a lot of it was the fact that he had, and you'll see it with Joe too. This is the glory days of Nike, right? Where, yeah, we're gonna send you it, it was like yo, I need something special. It's like, well, we don't have nothing special now, but we'll put your logo on what's coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you look, Joe has like these, you know, insane pairs of like super ill shoes. And then there's the Terror Squad on it. I yeah. think there's a pair of linens, yeah. right? Grape 5s. Grape Jordan 5s, yeah. Which, he's got the m M&M 4s. <laughs> he just showed those, right? They just showed him this weekend. Yeah. Crazy yep. shit. Like, Joe's a mess. <laughs> Joe's, <laughs> Joe Joe is a mess as, as a human being, right? Like, you want to talk about life well lived, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like, overcoming your obstacles, mm-hmm. all that type of shit. You look at all the crazy shit that Joe's been through Going to federal jail, losing his right hand guy, you know what I'm saying? All the street shit, beefs, everything. He still comes out shining. Yes. He knows everybody. He was everywhere. He helped everybody. He was in. Joe's got a story. You name a rapper, Fat Joe can tell you a story. My first time really hanging with Fat Joe was at the MTV Awards in Miami. it's, It's me, Fat Joe, and. Uh, Andy Garcia sitting together. And um, Andy's, like, trying to figure out, like, what's going on? You know, like, who are these guys? How do they have these seats? Mm-hmm. Got, Is that got Kanye a thing? West?
1: <laughs> but I had heard... <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? <laughs>
4: but I had heard that his daughter was going to be the Golden Globe girl that year. So, like, every year at the Golden Globes, they pick a, a, a legendary actor's daughter to hand out the Golden Globes. So that year, his daughter was... Was the Golden Globe girl, so I kind of broke the broke the ice with that. Kind of then after that, Andy was cool. Andy was tapping like so. Then it's like, hey, who's that guy? Who uh-huh. who's these guys? Got kind of everything. Uh-huh. But I mean, you know, you, it, you know, you can have better people to to break the culture down to than than Andy Garcia. Let me know. You can find somebody better than that. Let me know.
3: But you're you're
2: wearing the Urban Necessities hat right now, and Joe's selling. The ma- not a majority, but a big chunk. of I always of
4: his. wear this hat if I know something sneaker is involved. I wear this, and there's a camera. I wear this hat. But w- what? What do you best. think He's about him really getting rid guy. of
2: all the all the rare shoes in his collection? Not all of them, but
4: I mean, uh, <laughs> Joe's Joe's worn them, right? And I think that's a difference, right? Like usually when people sell their collections, there's a lot of pristine stuff, right? Mint condition. They're trying to get top dollar for it. I feel like these i mean from mayor, I mean what more can mayor prove right with shoes right and mayor wore those shoes like that's the other thing like I'm not really sure how many of those shoes were not worn, maybe the packs right like like mayor has a bunch of multiple packs where something came with like three pairs of shoes or four or five different pairs of shoes in that whole pack like he's got a bunch of crazy promotional pack shit mm-hmm. right and i can imagine like i got a bunch of stuff but once like for example the um year the rabbit air force one mm-hmm. right i got the one that came in the candy wrapper
3: yep shot the rocky packaging
4: so that shit's huge it's cumbersome and so it's never stored with everything else you can't put it with everything else mm-hmm. so it's always in its own place and because it's in its own place it's never like in arm's reach so i've never worn them but I have to go and find him and move that big motherfucker every time we move to a different place <laughs> and carry that shit around. And so I can understand like that. But for the most part, like them shoes that were the shit, they wore that shit. Mare wore that shit. You've got the experience. He flexed. That. He got everything he's supposed to get out of that shit. I remember meeting, I met Mayor, um, at A-Life. I was at A-Life. And um, he was like buying everything. Like, I'm, like, he was just in there just buying shit, like, very casually. What's that? Yeah, fuck it. I don't care. Give me that. Like, <laughs> he was quintessentially New York, right? Mm-hmm. And he was like, yo, this is my boy, Mayor. Mayor, this is Bumby. Oh, what's up, man? Nice to meet you, Nice to meet you. Very cool. As soon as he leaves, yo, that dude buys everything. That dude comes in there every week, drops two racks for no reason. He's going to go to four other spots today yep. and Do buy shit. I'm thing. like, I'm like, cool. But no one can tell you what Mayor does. Nope. I love it. Yeah. I love I, it, it. I just found out, like, perfect pair. Like, you, <laughs> I never knew what he did. It took me a while to figure that out,
3: right? The mayor thing is funny, too. It's one of the top Google things. If you type in mayor sneakers, it's like, what is his job? People just asking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he says he's an Uber driver. Fun.
3: That's before, Uber X for sure.
0: <laughs> 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 before we go around this time of year... All-Star Weekend, the Michael Jordan birthday party is always a standout. We talked about you being at a lot of events. Any stories stick out from the Michael Jordan birthday parties?
4: Absolutely, absolutely. Michael Jordan birthday party in Houston. This is the time where I finally get to meet Mike face-to-face. Okay. This is not the first time this has happened to me, by the way. So this is like everything has culminated up to this moment, right? I've been repping the brand They've been taking care of me. Reggie's been bigging me up. I keep getting invited to the golf tournament, but I don't play, so I never go, right? Mm-hmm. Which is basically, that's how you get to know Mike, golf right? I if you fuck with the brand, you go to the big golf tournament because they're there like two or three days, mm-hmm. and that's kind of in the space where you get personal time with Mike. But I, I don't golf, so I never go. So this is my opportunity. And I'm, I'm doing speaking engagements. I'm doing hostings. I'm designing mm-hmm. shoes. I'm doing every fucking thing in Houston, right? With Jordan Brandt, helping him pick um, locations. Like, he's like, this is where we wanna go. What do you think, Bun? We should do it here. Okay, we're mm-hmm. gonna do it here. All that type of shit. Mike comes in. I finally get to meet Mike. We shake. I hand my phone to somebody. He's, hey, could you take a picture? It's like a, I don't think it's the waiter that passes out the drink. I think it's the guy that picks up the cups, right?
0: Okay. Mm-hmm.
4: And takes the picture. Whatever. I don't even look at it. I you know, finish talking with Mike. I'm engaged, so it's like me, Mike talking, Reggie's there, Chris Paul is there, mm-hmm. like all these great guys is around. We're having this great conversation. They leave, I'm like, yo, I just met Mike. I look at my phone and my picture's blurry as shit. It's <laughs> oh,
0: <laughs> the worst. My picture the is worst.
4: trash. And I'm like, I can't ask him again. I'm not even gonna Oh man. <laughs> I'm not gonna be like, I don't wanna be that guy, right? right. Which guy? Yo, yo, I yo, <laughs> yes. my man i the picture, I thought you were yo, about fuck my Houston picture up. Can we? You know? <laughs> <laughs> no. So, Man. so yeah, so it's crazy. And the same thing happened to me with Bruce Springsteen at uh, and at Glastonbury in wow. England. I'm That's... at Glastonbury with Dizzy Rascal, and I'm walking to the bathroom, and Bruce Springsteen's by himself, like backstage walking, and I'm like, like yo, you're, you're the boss, like <laughs> yeah, the boss, yeah. <laughs> right? And he's very good at being he's like. You know, he kind of makes a Bruce Springsteen kind of face. Yeah. And some random person, hey, excuse me, I'm sorry, could I get a picture? He's like, sure. Take the picture, Springsteen walks off, blurry as shit.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Well, it's, it counts, though. It counts. You, you it, or happened. Not, it happened. It happened. <laughs> exactly. Trust Listen, me, I promise it happened. it happened. We believe you. Listen, Bun, anything else we, we should be on the lookout for? Thank you so much for giving us your time. So great to chop it up with you.
4: Yeah. No, man, I appreciate it, man. I, I mean, I, I love the I love this, this, this very calm version. Yes. Right. No this yellow, is a lot. This no is a lot text. calmer. <laughs> yes. Yeah, this is a lot calmer <laughs> than, than Full Size Run, played. I have to say. Right.
2: <laughs> Absolutely. You you gave like birth to my whole shtick. So like when you were on Full Size Run, <laughs> you were you were uh, uh, with Trinidad, you were our first guest on like the new uh version of the show and right, I had with all the editing if, and all of that stuff yeah and i had asked you if you had resold sneakers and i wasn't planning on asking it for you and you looked at me like why the fuck are you asking me this question and then i was just like oh, all right like i didn't know how to respond <laughs> to it and ever since then i've had to relive doing that because joe was like your your reaction was too classic to that but it was never <laughs> it was never planned that way it was just a spur of the moment thing so thank you
4: i'm happy to be a part of your legacy matt I'm very yes. happy to be a part of it. I, gotta, I gotta tell the grandkids something when I get older. <laughs> That's
0: the one. <laughs> you'll, you'll have a lot to tell them. Bun, thank you so much again. This was this was really fun.
4: I enjoyed it, man. I enjoyed it, man. Thank you That's guys wonderful. so much. Um yes. man, good good luck on the uh good luck on the uh, most wanted shoe of the year, man. This this fucking thing one is last crazy. Flex. I, have say. <laughs> I have I have to I have to they, do it. They look good, Bun. Guys, thank you That's so good. much, man. I appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Bun. Take care,
3: appreciate Bun. It, bun. Peace.
4: Our producer is Dave Matthews. Our
0: associate producer is Jasmine Plata. Sound engineering done by Kyle Garvey. Special thanks to Jennifer Stewart and Shiva Bayet. The Complex Sneakers Podcast is a production of the Complex Podcast Network.